Hello, hello. Welcome to Charterhead Sports here, coming to you live from Boston, Massachusetts, home of the greatest sports teams in the world. We've got the Red Sox, the Bruins, the Celtics, Super Bowl champion Patriots. We've got it all here. And sorry I haven't been uh, posting in a while. There was some technical difficulties. Um, I think my charter take number nine was put out like a week after I had recorded it. So all of the dates for games and stuff were wrong. But alas, I am back. I'm here. Uh, this should be um, fun. We've got a lot to talk about. All four sports teams kind of in the news. Uh, you know, hasn't really been that way for a, a while. So let's just dive right in. We've got a lot of good content today. And I want to start off with the Patriots. Just won the Super Bowl. And it's looking like they're going to win free agency too. They traded for tight end Dwayne Allen. They signed uh, cornerback Stephon Gilmore. They traded for wide receiver Brandon Cooks, and they traded for defensive lineman Coney Ealy. So what does this all kind of mean? How is things all shaped up? You know, who's left us? Who's still here? Um, you know, I think a lot of holes were filled. We lost Martellus Bennett. He went to the Packers. Loved, loved him. He was a great player, great guy. And um, he was only with us for a year. But he helped us win a championship. You know, we're not we're not winning without Martellus Bennett uh, last year. So he filled the role for Gronk. And, uh, you know, best of luck to you in your career. And we kind of filled that hole already. We traded for Dwayne Allen. The um, Patriots didn't, didn't give up a lot. They got him. They gave up a fourth-round pick. And they got Dwayne Allen and a sixth-round pick. And if you guys don't know, he's from the Colts. He's a tight end. He's, he's more of a blocking tight end. He's not like a dominant pass catcher, but he definitely has what it takes to, you know, be that to set the edge when it when it comes to, um, you know, blocking. A lot of tight ends are either catching tight ends or blocking tight ends like Jimmy Graham. You know, he's a great tight end, but he's not really that good at blocking. So how great is he? You know, that's something we take Gronk for granted. The guy can block like an animal. He can throw people down. He serves up pancakes. You know what I mean? It's like IHOP. So, um. Gronk is just a beast. Not to I don't know how he got to, to gloating about Gronk here, but let's get back. Dwayne Allen, good good piece. Not like a I don't think he's as good as Martellus Bennett. I think Martellus Bennett has that receiving aspect to him, which makes him more of a threat. But I think Tom Brady can turn anybody into a good receiver. So you know him not being the best catching tight end in Indianapolis doesn't really mean. He's going to not be that good for the Patriots. If anything, he'll only improve because he's got Tom Brady slinging pigskins to him. So I thought that was a very good move. It was also kind of odd. We're doing moves with Indianapolis now. Like they're the Colts and the Patriots have always hated each other, but you know, we're, we're working with their front office. So I think that's a, you know, something that's developing as of recent. When was the last time we did a deal with Indy? It must have been forever ago. So, anyways, yes, I do. Like that signing. Stephon Gilmore got a max, not a max deal, but he got a massive deal from the Patriots. They gave him, I think, like five years, $65 million or something, $40 million guaranteed. That's a, that's a big contract. If you guys, again, if you don't know, he's a cornerback. He played for the Buffalo Bills. You know, we've seen him a lot over the last few years. He was, he's tall. He's like 6'1", like 190. He ran a 4'3'8 at the Combine. So he's tall and fast. And what do most receivers 
in the NFL, what are the really good ones? Well, they're tall and they're fast. So I think, you know, we got a guy who can cover Julio Jones. We got a guy who can cover, you know, the Odell Beckhams. Like I know that uh, Odell Beckham's not that tall. I'll, all right, maybe not Odell. But like we already had Butler. I'm trying to think. You know, there's there's other people in the league who are tall and fast. They escape my mind right now. But Stephon Gilmore is the guy who you want to cover your number one wide receiver. Like you want him out there. He's really really good at man coverage. Um, he has you know a tendency to. We saw him get burned last year if he doesn't press very well. Um, Hogan was able to get around him. It was the game against Buffalo in Buffalo. The Patriots won, but you know he didn't look great on one play. So he's got a you know he's physical, but he's not. Um, you know he's he's definitely more of a, a man corner. And you know, kudos to the Patriots for taking a chance. Uh, you know I've I remember in past years they never really splurged in free agency, and it seems like they have. And this was a signing that. Sure, you paid him a lot of money, and you know, it's not like he was someone already in your system that you paid a lot. He was someone that you haven't seen, but he plays for the Bills. You've seen him twice a year, every year. He was a Pro Bowler last year. I like the signing. I really like Stephon Gilmore. Um, he's a guy that I've always respected. Uh, he's got really long dreadlocks, so maybe that'll make you remember him more. So I don't know, but yeah, like that signing. Paid a lot for him. Um, don't know what that means for Butler. We'll get into Malcolm Butler in a little bit, but that was definitely interesting um, that we went out and signed a corner. Arguably, you could say it's replacing Logan Ryan. Logan Ryan left. He went to Tennessee on a three-year, $30 million contract. So, Logan, uh, good luck to you in Tennessee. Um, so the next we can talk about is the Patriots traded for Coney Ealy from the um, Carolina Panthers. You know, he's young. He's a very young player. If you remember in the Super Bowl with Carolina two years ago when they played the Broncos, he was the defensive lineman that had, like, the one-handed interception on Peyton Manning. Um, it was pretty unique to see that happen in the Super Bowl. So, you know, he's that, that was, like, his big moment in the NFL so far. He hasn't done a whole lot, but I do think that the Patriots, you know, will will be able to get you know, that's what Belichick does. He goes out and gets players and then gets the best out of them. And I think that he he has the, he has the chance to be really good out on the edge. You know, he'll complement Trey Flowers very well, one coming from the left and then one coming from the right side. So I don't know his potential. Like, we don't know his ceiling. He's very young. You know, he played on a good defensive team. Uh, I think a lot of people respect Carolina's defense, especially when they were 15-1 and a couple years ago. So, you know, it's not like he's coming from a place that's really bad. I think he's got a lot of good coaching down there. And now he's coming up to, um, you know, be with the Patriots. He's he's someone that, I don't know, it's not like, it, I don't think he's going to be some big change. Like, oh my God, Patriots got Coney Ealy. Oh my God, oh my God. It's kind of like, all right, he's like a, he's a good guy. Good, like, we don't really know him that well. He's a good player, but is he really going to like change the whole shape of this team? I don't think so. I don't think he's going to be some revolutionary player. I think he'll be a good piece to the puzzle, but hopefully, you know, things pan out and I'm wrong and hopefully he's just a monster, but you know, he's he's someone to kind of beef up the pass rush because he's filling a hole because Chris Long said that he was going to leave. I don't think he's been signed anywhere yet, but he said he wasn't coming back to the Patriots. 
Um, you know, he was very genuine about it, said he loved his time here, just, you know, wants to go somewhere else, and I don't blame him. Um, you know, there's a lot of pressure playing here, and we didn't use him all that much. Um, so I think that's the gap that we're trying to fill with him. I don't know. But either way, if you look, that's, you know, Martellus Bennett gone, you got Dwayne Allen. Um, Logan Ryan gone, you got Stefan Gilmore. And Chris Long gone, you got Coney Ealy. So those were some holes that, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, how are we going to sign these people? What are we going to do? Well, it looks like Belichick, uh, you know, finessed and got us some good players. And then the last trade that happened was for Brandon Cooks. Uh, I don't know if you guys know, he's a wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints, and he is a speedster. If you go look, you know, to YouTube and type in Brandon with an I instead of an O, Brandon Cooks highlights, all of them are just going to be him toasting corners. He's so fast. He's got to be one of the fastest wide receivers in the league right now. And he's been playing with Drew Brees, who's a great deep threat quarterback, got a lot of respect for for the Saints offense and you know he fitted nicely we um we never really get Brady those deep threat guys so adding Cooks was something that you know could pan out to be like Moss-esque if if that makes sense so this this deal to get um to get Cooks might result in that explosion of the offense now my only beef with this signing is we already it wasn't like wide receiver was a extremely weak position for the Patriots. If you think about the four guys that we had last year, you know, for the most part, it was Edelman was your one. You had Hogan, Amendola, and Mitchell. And out of those four guys, you know, maybe the weakest link is Mitchell because he was a rookie, or possibly Amendola just because we didn't use him a lot. So I didn't see you know a lot of bad play out of any of those guys, though, especially Amendola. Yeah, I could talk about the regular season, but we he helped us win the Super Bowl. I mean, he had some amazing catches and key moments. Even Hogan in the AFC Championship game went off. You know, Edelman's obviously the go-to target. Even Mitchell was, he was a rookie. He, like, dislocated his elbow at the beginning of the year, and he came back, you know, and, and was pretty effective. He had a couple of nice catches in the Super Bowl was, you know, pretty good. He had a couple, he broke out later in the season. I remember he had a really nice catch against the 49ers. Um, so it wasn't like we were really lacking at wide receiver. And then you go out and trade for one of the fastest wide receivers in the game. I don't hate it. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, what are you doing, Patriots? Like, blah, 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 blah. But like, I don't, I'm not as hype about it as a lot of people are. A lot of people are like, oh my God, like just hand us the trophy now. Not really. You know, that means that either you're not going to see Hogan out there a lot because Hogan's our deep threat now, and I like Hogan. I think Hogan isn't as fast, but he's stronger than Cooks. So either you're not going to see him a lot, either you're not going to see Malcolm Mitchell a lot, and that's just going to stint his his ability to, you know, grow. I think he showed a lot of, of... talent in him last year and I don't want to see him all of a sudden ride the bench because we got cooks you're just totally stinting his progress and I don't want to see that happen or it means Amendola is not going to get that much playing and he already didn't have a lot of playing last year yet he's a proven guy who can step up in those clutch moments so don't really like what that means 
for those guys, whether or not they're going to be as much playing time. I don't think Edelman's in any sort of, um, you know, risk of losing his job with the Patriots. I think he's pretty he's pretty set here. So I don't know. It could just be for the future, right? How many years does Amendola, you know, how many years is he going to keep taking a pay cut? How many years has Edelman got left getting rocked by getting rocked by linebackers over the middle? I don't know. I, I'm not going to hate it, but I don't think it's as um, it's got the potential to be like a completely franchise altering move. But I don't think it's necessarily, you know, hand us the Lombardi now. I mean, the Belichick trophy, hand us the Belichick trophy now. I don't think it's like that. Uh, so those are our four guys that we've acquired so far. The big names. Uh, Lawrence Guy was also picked up. He was a D tackle for the. Um, give me a second. D tackle for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, you know, not much on him. A couple other moves, but nothing too major. Um, so now that brings us to Malcolm Butler, and um, and some current Patriots, I guess. So if you guys don't know, Malcolm Butler was given a first round tender on the Patriots, which means that if he well, if he signs it, he hasn't signed it yet. But if he signs the first round tender. That means that if other teams want Malcolm Butler, they have to give us their first-round pick. And it's been reported that Malcolm Butler's agents are shopping around to teams saying, hey, would you guys be willing to give up a first-round pick for Butler? So I don't really know where the situation is right now. I just know there's a lot of um, you know, news coming out that he's not happy or the Patriots, you know, told him they weren't going to pay any cornerback a lot of money, and then this Gilmore deal goes down. So all of a sudden, it's like, well, you said you weren't going to pay anyone over $10 million and you just gave him a massive contract. Like, you guys are just lying. It might seem like a slap in the face to Butler that we went out and signed such a big, um, you know, a big-name corner. He must be like, well, what about me, guys? And, and I don't blame him. I think it's kind of frustrating if you're on a team you're proven to be successful for them. Not only did you win them a Super Bowl, but then after that, you became their number one corner for the next two years. And they don't really be upfront with you. I think there's a lot of information being held from Butler. Um, whether it's done on the end of his agents or the Patriots legitimately aren't, you know, giving him a lot of information on what they want from him or what they, what they plan to do moving forward um, has remained to be seen. But I don't think Butler the man, just himself, not his whole team, just Butler has no real clue, you know, what was going on when they signed Gilmore. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see if he stays in New England. There's been a lot of talk of him possibly going, and he was mentioned in the Cooks deal. It was going to be the Patriots were willing to part ways with Malcolm Butler to get the, uh, to get Brandon Cooks. That didn't happen. Um, the, the deal with Brandon Cooks was our first round pick, and our third round pick for Cooks and a fourth round pick. Um, that that fourth round pick, uh, uh, you know, won't be used by the Patriots. That will be the pick that they lose for um, Deflate Gate. So, you know, that kind of sucks that that we don't get to, you know, use that. That we're still dealing with the punishment from Deflate Gate this far down the road. It's ridiculous. But, um, anyways, so it's really like we got we gave up a first round and a third round for Brandon Cooks. Um, so, I don't know, though. Butler being tossed into deals with the Saints, all of a sudden, it, it makes you wonder, well, why wasn't he part of that deal? Do either, A, the Patriots have no intentions on trading him, and, you know, clearly 
he doesn't have a um you know a spot in trades and that just broke even though it wasn't true so that's option a option b is uh the saints wanted him but wanted something else to go along with him maybe a third rounder maybe the you know something higher and the patriots were like no it's just malcolm for brandon that's the trade take it or leave it and maybe that cult the the Saints didn't want to do that, so that's option B. Option C is the Colts, I mean the Colts, geez, the, the Saints genuinely did not want Cooks, and they said, you can keep him, we don't want to deal with him, um, which would be odd, you wouldn't think that, he was a, you know, he's a good, um, he's a great corner, but that's option C, or option D is the Patriots want to keep him to try to I guess, in theory, find another team with a higher first-round pick that would get him maybe a team like, you know, Chicago or a team like the Browns, you know. Um, I don't know, but it's one of those four. So we'll see what happens with him, but it's it's interesting that he is, you know, been shopped around and also is expressing signs of wanting to leave. I'd be surprised if Butler's on the team he might be on the team next year but after that when his contract's up i'd be surprised if he's on the patriots in 2018 unless we get a big deal done now but we'll see and that means the last piece of news is donta hightower i know i'm talking a lot about free agency and and whatnot um but let's just jump right in hightower is visiting with the jets the titans the dolphins the pittsburgh steelers and obviously the new england patriots the Jets and Titans both said he didn't seem convinced to sign somewhere else. It wasn't like their pitch. He didn't leave signing with them, obviously. So clearly the the implications are he's going to sign with New England. However, this trip to Pittsburgh is pretty interesting. Um, you know, there's no indication that Pittsburgh was even on his radar when I heard of teams interested in him. It was never Pittsburgh. It was always like the Dolphins or um, you know, like the Bears or like the Saints. But Pittsburgh, kind of scary to think if they got Donta Hightower, what they'd be like. I don't really know the, you know, how he'd fit in their scheme. I haven't really looked into that. But man, if he goes there, the Patriots would be hurt. And trust me, you don't want to face you don't want to face the Pittsburgh Steelers with Donta Hightower. Um, eek, it just makes me cringe. So I pray, please, Patriots, just pay the man. He's been so good for you for the last five years. Just pay him. He's my all-time favorite Patriot defensive player. Um, you know, I, I've respected him. He's, he's been so dominant. He's just a leader, and I really liked what he's done. He's my favorite defensive player. So hopefully they, they lock him up, and I don't have to worry about him leaving. We'll see, though. Um, that's pretty much it for Patriots news. That took way longer than I wanted to, so we're going to try to speed through what's coming up next. Uh, Bruins. All right, cool. Ten and three with Bruce Cassidy. That's that's an improvement. I would say Bruce Cassidy is definitely shaking things up. Um, right now they currently stand six points behind Ottawa and two points above Toronto. So it's not guaranteed we're gonna make the playoffs. But right now you gotta like the way the Bruins have been playing. They're really putting themselves in position to lock up um, the third like the third seed in their conference or like division or whatever it is i don't really know how hockey that kind of confuses me um but yeah you know it's it's fun and all to watch them they did the teams that they lost to the anaheim ducks um 
the Rangers, and then they lost to the Ottawa Senators. And they just didn't look good, especially against Ottawa. That was just not a great performance. Um, you know, in the third period, they scored all of a sudden. You know, they brought it to, it was, well, it was 3-1. to one. They scored, it's 3-2. to two. You know, you might think, oh, you know, they're, they're showing some signs of life here. And they just really kind of flopped after that. And it, and it wasn't really, you know, some losses you can walk away and be like, hey, that was a really good game. We tried our best. But that was just, it just kind of got pathetic. Um, to be honest with you, it's it's not the kind of loss that you want to take, especially against the team that you're trying to catch. I think at that point, we were tied or we were only like two points behind them. So you're like, hey, if we imagine if we overcome Ottawa and Ottawa was like, no, no, no. Um, so that was interesting to see us, you know, not play well against them, which makes me think, is this really a playoff team? Are the Bruins right now, you know, really gonna do anything are they just gonna be a playoff team and lose in the first round because a lot of people are getting excited including myself but a lot of people are getting excited about this Bruins team and seeing them like play so bad against Ottawa it's got me wondering why like why are you so excited they didn't perform well they're not gonna they're not gonna win the Stanley Cup this year fun fact news flash all right not gonna win the Stanley Cup this year I'd be shocked if they make it out of the first round of the playoffs you know so I don't know what the where the excitement's coming from, you know, at best it's a five-game series, six games if someone gets injured, but you're not winning um, in the first round. I don't see it happening, you know, especially since the team you're likely to draw is Ottawa. Man, that doesn't look good. That just, that matchup doesn't bode well for the Bruins. So we're getting excited, we're getting pumped up, but at the same time, there's really not a lot going on. So... You know, take every Bruins moment with a grain of salt right now because the playoffs are not... I don't know if I get excited to watch the Bruins get, like, swept. I don't know. Just saying. That could just be me. Um, so I'll move over to the other team that plays in the Garden, the Celtics. Again, man, Celtics with the playoffs and the Bruins. Jeez, just get to this. We beat the Warriors and the Cavs, the two teams who are favorites to meet each other in the finals for the third straight year. Um, they beat the Warriors pretty convincingly, 99-86. to 86 held the Warriors to the lowest scoring totals of the year, and they played in Golden State, so it wasn't like they won you know, in the Garden. It was at the road. That's a hard place to play, but the last two seasons, Celtics are 2-0. and So, um, And then they beat the Cavs in a, oh, what a wonderful game that was. It was on a couple weeks ago, and it, it really, you saw the Celtics as the number two seed in the East. You're like, I'm convinced these guys can hang with Cleveland. Granted, Cleveland didn't have the didn't have Kevin Love, but it doesn't matter. I don't really count that as it, it was a hard fought game. We'll see where you know where it goes because you beat the Warriors and the Cavs and you're really excited and then at the same time you lose to the Suns and the Nuggets in the same span of time. So the Suns are really bad. The Suns are one of the worst teams in the NBA. The Nuggets are almost worse than the than than the Suns. The Nuggets have nothing going for them. And the Suns' loss was, the loss to the Suns, I guess, rather, is something, it was like a buzzer beater at the end, I get it. But at the same time, the Celtics were getting, like, you know, shut out, not shut out, they were getting dismantled, though, uh, in the fourth quarter. It just wasn't a good performance by them. Um, you know, they, they were losing the whole game, they looked flat. Then they start all of a sudden jumpstart to life, and then they get into the fourth quarter, and it's just Sun City. 
Um, you know, the Suns were just making every shot, and the Celtics weren't even really trying that hard, it looked like. So we'll see. But, you know, losing to those kind of teams really make you question, um, you know, what, what this team really is. Right now they're tied with Washington for the second seed, so they don't even own the second seed. Um, and I think Washington has the tiebreaker over the Celtics. So all of a sudden you were like the clear number two. You looked great. You beat the Cavs. Not so much anymore. You are now fighting for the second spot. And, uh, you know, nothing's guaranteed with, you know, a, sh a short amount of games left in the season. And with this, you know, pretty awful performances accompanied with great performances, you got to wonder, you know, what is the identity of this basketball team? What are they? Are they an actual force to be reckoned with? Are they a team that's gearing up with a lot of assets to make a good push in the next year or two to be a finals? Or are they just a team that was thrown together, you know, with the Isaiah trade and um, Jameis and Crowder all of a sudden playing well? And all of a sudden, was it a team that was just supposed to be, eh, we'll make some moves, see what we have, but we always, you know, have these Brooklyn picks in the future. And then all of a sudden, they were really good. KD became available. You know, the whole league went ape. KD puts the Celtics on his list of teams he'd be interested in. We go out and overpay for um, the, oh my God, how am I blanking on his name? Oh my God, he was 42. He's the center. We just signed him last year. Oh, this is so bad. Whatever. You go out and pay for a free agent. Hal Horford, there we go. You overpay Al Horford. You you got Isaiah now. You've got you draft Jalen Brown. You don't make any moves at the trade deadline this year. What are they trying to do? Are they, you know, it seems like they were a team that wasn't supposed to be great. All of a sudden, is playing really good in the East. All of a sudden, KD became available, so they go in and try to get assets to lure him here. Eventually, KD signs somewhere else, and the Celtics decide, all right, we're not going to make any other moves at superstars. That's it. So I don't know what they're trying to do. I don't know who they're trying to be. So at the same time, there's not a lot of time to figure it out. You know, this offseason, it's either we're gearing up with Isaiah and Horford to command this team, or we're just going to eventually look to Jalen Brown, whoever we draft this year and whoever we draft next year, and that's going to be the team that uh, we go try to win with. So they got to make that decision. Danny Ainge has to make that decision this summer. Should be interesting to see which route they go. But that's pretty much, um, you know, where the Celtics are at there. I don't see them beating. I don't know if, if, they, get, if they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, they lose to the Cavs in like six games. But I'd be surprised if they got there, to be honest with you, because if they somehow encounter Washington, they're going to lose. The Celtics would lose to Washington. That's just the way I see it. Um, and that's pretty much if the Celtics will jump really quickly to the Red Sox, really, really quick. First thing, David Price does not need surgery, but it's really wishy-washy on what happened. What, like, he was pitching, he was playing in, like, a simulation game, elbow started to hurt, he says it's happened before, but this is a more painful version. He actually flies to the NFL Combine to meet with special doctors there goes comes back and all of a sudden it's like i just need to rest 
So it's really fishy, really not super confident in his ability to um, remain healthy this year. I'd be shocked if he's healthy for 162 games. Not that he's going to be playing in that many, but I don't think... I just, he's old, he's 31, he's never had an injury, all of a sudden this elbow thing, like, shouldn't we be alarmed that he's like, oh yeah, I have elbow pain every year. You're like, what? Like, you should have gotten that fixed. And apparently the doctors had said to him, we might have recommended surgery if you were younger, but since you're older, we're not going to have you do it. So you're saying that he usually would have had surgery. What kind? Is it Tommy John? Is it just something minor? And it just, I don't know, the whole situation doesn't sound good as far as having a pitcher who's older, never really missed any time in his career, starts to have elbow pain. That's an exclamation point. That's a big red underline, like, oh my God, what's going on? So we'll see. He hasn't pitched in preseason. He hasn't really done much since the whole, you know, diagnosis or I guess lack thereof, but the whole announcement of an injury. So he hasn't really been doing a lot, but we did see Chris Sale pitch. He looked nasty as always. Um, you know, there's only 10 games left in spring training um, as of right now. Well, right now they're playing. They're, they're losing to the Blue Jays. So after this game ends, there'll be 10 games left, and then uh, we'll get geared up for spring training. I'm so excited. I'm so excited for baseball like actual baseball it's fun you know sometimes i watch the world baseball classic which don't even talk to me about how much of a gag andrew miller had that was so if you guys didn't know we were the team usa was playing the dominican republic they had like a big lead like maybe five run lead and andrew miller just like blows it oh it was awful you're like that's the guy that toasted the red Sox in the playoffs last year this this relief pitcher who can barely throw a strike oh it was so bad i was so mad so bad i was so mad well rhyming whoops <laughs> anyways um yeah so that's pretty much it it was a little longer because we had all four sports teams to talk about if you're living in new england bundle up get your snow shovels ready get your um snow blowers ready because we're getting oh chowderheads weather is saying uh we're gonna get like 12 to 14 inches of snow over the next day day and a half so um, if you're listening from anywhere but New England, I'm guessing it's probably warmer there, and do not take it for granted, because it's March 13th, I want to watch baseball, and I have to go shovel my driveway, so that's where I am right now. Uh, anyways, thank you guys for listening, this was Chowderhead Sports, and try to like do a new thing, like say like one kind of line at the end. I don't know, I did it before, I was like, go Pats, and then I was like, other baseball's back, I don't know, so... This is Chowderhead Sports. Thank you guys for listening. And Dante Hightower, please sign with the Patriots. Thanks, guys. Bye.